0: The Perfect Ten, with Steve Allen, voice of the NRL and six-time radio award winner. Welcome to The Perfect Ten, proudly brought to you by Robson Civil Projects. I can't believe it's been six months since our last episode, but we're back, bigger and better than ever in 2022. Later in the episode, we'll hear from Tim Hickson, a site manager with Robson Civil Projects. He'll share his thoughts on what it means to work for a business that's been around for three generations, based on the Central Coast, Sydney, Newcastle, and also Dubbo in country New South Wales. Right now though, let's get to our first guest, a superstar in surf Life Saving. On the weekend, she won her third Australian Iron Woman title, equaling the legendary Carla Gilbert. She's also won the Triple Crown, which is every major title in one season. She was named Surf Life Saving Surf Sport Athlete of the Year in 2021. And she's such an amazing swimmer that she's even contemplated chasing the Olympic dream. Just before we get to our first guest of 2022, let's relive the closing stages of an epic win Last Sunday,
1: Miller getting the best of it at the moment, but they're both going to hit that swell behind tyre. I think we're heading for a sprint finish. Who's got the legs? Who's got the legs?
0: Miller on the inside. Hancock, who stands first? Hancock, Miller, Hancock, Miller. Miller's up. Hancock's up. I think it's Miller. I think it's Miller. Miller's up. She's about. She's done enough. The grimace on the face. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, just gone back to back. B and D North this Golden Girl of 2022, Georgia Miller. Wow, Georgia Miller, what an incredible performance to defend her
1: Australian title. Courtney Hancock there coming through for silver. And it looks as though Hannah Scully, we spoke about her on the craft legs. She's going to finish with the bronze medal just ahead of Lana Rogers, Naomi Scott and Tiani Massey.
0: What a performance from all the girls, but in particular, Georgia Miller and that of Courtney Hancock. In 2019, Georgia Miller won. No 2020. 2021, she backed it up. She's gone back to back to back three times, only to match that of Carla Gilbert in the Open Iron Woman. She's the golden girl of surf. Georgia Miller, take a bow. So the audio courtesy of Surf Life Saving Australia and the commentators Ty Dowker and one of my great mates, Sam Jordan, who won a medal in the ski relay with Redhead Surf Life Saving Club last week okay let's get to our first guest of 2022 three-time australian iron woman champion georgia miller welcome to the perfect 10.
1: thank you so much for having me yeah i'm very excited to chat and talk all things surf life saving and um yeah what's been going on
0: look i think after what you did on sunday you need a standing ovation and i actually have like a crowd ready
1: <laughs> oh gosh thank you yeah it's um It's been a crazy couple of days. Very happy that I was able to celebrate it. But, um, yeah, as you can tell, my voice is a little deeper than normal just from all the celebrating. But, yeah, so over the moon with how uh, the Australian titles panned out and it's something I will never forget, that's for sure.
0: What was harder, the racing or the partying afterwards?
1: I'm not a great partyer, so definitely the partying. I do I do surf life saving pretty well, not great at partying. So I'll take the Iron Woman race any day of the week.
0: Hey, before the Iron Woman race at North Kira, did you know that you're on the verge of history of matching the great Carla Gilbert who won three Australian Iron Woman titles?
1: Uh, I actually didn't know. I was uh, just going into the race really focused on what I needed to do and I was actually really relaxed at these Aussie titles. I um, hadn't had a great season just with sickness and, and injury, so I was just kind of going in there, having a lot of fun, making sure I was enjoying it, but obviously really wanting to do well But um, just I race better when I'm happy and enjoying it. So I didn't really think about the stats and things like that until after the race when I was told that, yeah, I'd equaled Carla Gilbert. So that's just incredible. And to be racing up the beach against Courtney Hancock, who was also going for three, was just like, you just couldn't script it. So yeah, very, very happy to get the win. Um, Courtney was obviously very close to going for three. So I'll take that and um, yeah, never know, who knows, only up from here, hopefully.
0: Yeah, it was just a fantastic race and I watched you very carefully afterwards and, You kind of sat on the sand for a long time and I'm just wondering, was it exhaustion or was it that the moment was sinking in what you achieved, almost disbelief after an incredible season?
1: Yeah, it was a bit of both to be honest. I was absolutely spent, that last ski leg was really, really tough between a few of the girls and I so I just gave it my absolute all and sprint finishes are always so (laughs) tough. I mean the sand was on a little bit of a slope as well so we were running up a bit of an incline and then it sort of just hit me as I crossed the line and I just, yeah, fell straight to the ground. My legs sort of gave way. And then I was just, yeah, able to process what it, had what it sort of gone on. It was such a rush, that whole race. So... Uh, yeah, a bit of a mixed bag of exhaustion and just disbelief, really. I was so out of words when I was interviewed after the racing.
0: Yeah, I mean, we talk about challenges and, you know, COVID-19 obviously affected everyone. And I saw you posted something on Instagram when you were reunited with your family, but also you've had to battle through some heart problems. Can you elaborate on that for us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So COVID-19 has been obviously very tough for a lot of people. Um, It's just been crazy with the lockdowns and the borders being shut. My whole family is down in Sydney. I'm up here on the Gold Coast. So, yeah, that's hard um, at the best of times, let alone having the the border restrictions. So I went nearly eight months without seeing them. So to be able to see them and be reunited was just so special. And uh, it nearly brings a tear to my eye thinking about it now just because I miss them so much. But, um, yeah, so that was that was obviously really exciting that I was able to then see them once the borders did open. Um, however, I did get COVID-19 On Christmas night, from my sister, my whole family went down with COVID. Uh, including Riley, my partner, who was at Christmas dinner. So the poor thing had to deal with that and me being sick. So uh, he did very well to put up with me. But, yeah, then I actually got quite sick after having COVID. I thought I, re- I thought I had recovered, uh, but I actually went back to training and racing and really wasn't feeling myself, had some chest pains and things like that. So I did go to get checked out and was then sent straight to hospital because um, yeah, the doctor was quite worried. So I ended up having pericarditis, which is inflammation of the heart. So my heart was just working way too hard. I'd put it under a lot of strain. So I actually had to miss the first two rounds of the Neutrograde Iron Woman series, which was absolutely devastating. Uh, I've never missed a round due to illness or injury. The only other round I'd ever missed in my career was due to my sister's wedding being on the same weekend. So I was absolutely devastated and that was one of my main goals leading into the season was trying to win that title. So, uh, yeah, it's been all over the place this season. So I'm so happy that I could finish it off with the Aussie titles and do all the team events and other individual events that we don't get to do all the time in the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, that must have been a scary moment, though, to hear that something to do with your heart was an issue. So how did you deal with that?
1: Yeah, look, it was really scary. I mean, anything to do with your heart is always going to be a bit of a shock and a scare. So I was just very lucky that I had a great cardiologist who just said, look, it will be fine um, as long as I do the right things. I was on some um, yes, yeah, some medications that really helped help my heart and I had pretty much bed rest, um, complete rest for three weeks. So that was a real struggle for me. I'm a very active person, obviously, having to train so much. So I went very stir crazy towards the end. But yeah, anything to do with the heart is obviously very scary. It's, it's you, how you just do everything. So yeah, look... I am very happy and very lucky that it has resolved itself and I can be out training and racing.
0: Hey, uh, by the way, I caught COVID as well, and I think it was on New Year's Eve. And my wife and I, we're in the same vicinity as you, (laughs) so we had to leave Queensland early. And I, I guess my point is there would be some athletes at the Australian titles who had their entire preparation Disrupted this season, and you were one of them.
1: Absolutely, I think you hear you hear of so many people getting COVID nineteen, and I know people that weren't allowed to race because they had COVID um, at this Australian title. So, yeah, I'm very lucky that I got it when I did for the Aussies titles. Like having it at Christmas time, I was able to recover, but it obviously interrupted the NutriGrain series. So. I mean, yeah, it's just something that we've we've got to live with at the moment, and um, yeah, just take it in your stride. And I'm sure everyone's going to get it at some point. So yeah, just just being as careful as you possibly can, but obviously still living and having fun and and doing everything that you that you can.
0: Yeah. Now I've got a million questions on surf lifesaving and sport in general, but you've already mentioned your family numerous times. So are there three Miller sisters, Alicia, Brooke, and yourself?
1: Yes, that's correct. I'm the baby of the family. So yeah, I get, I get bullied around. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, there are three Miller girls. We're, we're all very sporty and yeah, we're all very, very close. So uh, it definitely made for a fun upbringing, that's for sure.
0: Is there a history of great athletes in your family?
1: Yeah, there is actually. So my elder sister, Alicia, she was on the Australian Surf Life Saving team as well. So, yeah, that's someone I've been really had to look up to and, um, yeah, she's had some incredible results herself. And then Brooke, the middle sister, middle sister was a part of the the Sydney Swifts, so she was a netballer. So, yeah, a lot of sporting through our family. Um, It also just, I think, runs... In the blood, as my dad played um, in the Australian rugby schoolboys team, and my mum represented Australia in netball. So, I think it's just definitely in the blood, and it's something that we really enjoy. <laughs>
0: just incredible, absolutely incredible. And I know that I know you relocated from the Northern Beaches, where you're firmly entrenched. And I remember we did some interviews one day at the Manly Sea Eagles. Of all the people to move, I mean, I saw that as a real shock. Tell me about that decision.
1: Yeah, look, I did too, to be honest, and it came as such a surprise to a lot of people that I was moving away from home. I'm obviously very close with my family. I absolutely love the Northern Beaches. I grew up there. I've got all my friends and family there. So it was a big shock, but it was something that I needed to do to pursue my Ironwoman career. And, I mean, look where it's gotten me now. So I definitely think it was worth it. It's obviously very challenging. Being away from home, but sometimes you just have to do those things in order to progress and and move forward. And I really stepped out of my comfort zone. I I moved out of home at, I think I was 20, 20, just turned 22 and moved to a different state. So, yeah, it was very daunting, but I had Riley, my partner, who came along for the ride as well. And we both moved up here and to to pursue our um, sporting careers. So, Yeah, look, I think it's definitely paid off. I try and get home as much as I possibly can because I do miss it and I'm always watching the footy and cheering on the seagulls, so it's always good fun.
0: Hey, uh, this might be the toughest question of the entire interview. Will you go back to the Northern Beaches?
1: Look, I'm still unsure of that. I still have a few things I do want to do up here. Um, I'm 26 now. There's a few boxes I still want to tick within my career. Uh, I've actually just bought a house up here, so and I now have a little dog up here as well. I've got a puppy named Norman, so I'm pretty pretty comfortable up here at the moment. I wasn't comfortable at the beginning, very out of my comfort zone, but now um i do love it and it's it's such a different place the gold coast when you do live here growing up i used to always say I've never i'd never moved to the gold coast i'd never moved to the gold coast but here i am now and i've been here for four years so who knows but i'll i'll keep you posted about that one
0: yeah uh the gold coast is my hometown in the 1980s north cliff were a good club but they weren't the best southport and surface paradise were powerhouse clubs in the early to mid 80s on the Gold Coast. So my question is, and you, I'm not sure you'll be able to answer it, but who are the people that kind of transformed Northcliffe or BMD Northcliffe, I should say, and really changed their culture?
1: Oh, how things have changed, hey? So yeah, look, Northcliffe is now the, the pinnacle of surf life saving clubs uh, across the world, really. Northcliffe just won their 18th Australian title overall point score in a row. So that's just incredible uh, to say the least. So, yeah, look, we have an incredible president in David Shields who really uh, got behind the club and found sponsors and brought a lot of athletes to the club so we're very lucky in that sense. Uh, we have an incredible training group at North Northcliffe and I know even before I moved here it was probably bigger and more incredible so I think it was just that culture of being the best he brought to to Surf Life Saving in, in Queensland and in, in Australia really and we also have an incredible sports manager um, Mark Williams who is always on the hunt for new athletes and he does a great job at, at managing us all and, and getting the surf sports up and running.
0: And was he a champion swimmer in his own right?
1: He was. He was. He was an incredible swimmer. He's actually up on the walls at Northcliffe Surf Club for, for winning multiple events at the Australian titles. So I think that runs within him as well. He wants to do the club proud in a different way. And yeah, look, the the club is just has so much history with incredible athletes. So I'm very, very lucky to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. So this next question is a listener question. So do you go from Newport where you are semi-professional, I'm assuming, to virtually a full-time athlete? And can you make it as a surf athlete full-time?
1: Yeah, look, surf life-saving isn't the biggest sport within Australia, that's for sure. We're not rugby league, we're not AFL or, or anything along those lines, or even close to it really. So yeah, look, I would call myself a professional athlete, but the first couple of years I moved up here, I was also working as well. I was um, working in the restaurant and in the bar at Northcliffe. So, yeah, it, it doesn't pay the whole bills, but it um, it definitely helps out. And, yeah, look, at the moment I am a full-time athlete. Uh, that changed. I did have to give up my job just because there was so much going on with other things like sponsors and, and helping out in other ways. So I actually – I'm at uni as well, I'm a uni student, I'm studying a Bachelor of Nursing, so there's always things going on, very, very busy, but um, that's how I love it it and it definitely keeps me out of trouble, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, just hearing all that is one of the reasons why you're such a hero to so many people. There'd be a lot of listeners on this podcast who might not know your backstory, so when did you first fall in love with Surf Life Saving?
1: Yeah, look, I think it was from a really, really young age. So being the the youngest in my family, I was always dragged to things that um, I didn't really know what was going on, but I was always there. So my sisters started nippers when they were six years old. And so I was always there as well. So I didn't start. Nippers until I was six and fell in love with it from then. I couldn't wait to start. I remember my first day at Nippers. I was just so excited to to get in the water and and do all the events, even the beach ones, which I would never say now, but <laughs> back then I used to, used to love doing the flags and the sprint. So that's where it all began <laughs> for me. And I remember when I got my first nipper board, I was just so excited. I got it for Christmas one year and I took it out that Christmas day. And actually, it was a, one of those foam boards. And And I nosedived and the whole nose (laughs) caved in. So that's a horrible memory. But um, yeah, I've just loved it forever and have been very lucky to be able to grow up on the East Coast and be able to be involved in in nippers and surf life
0: saving. Some people would say they're not an instant success, but when you look at your resume, I mean, you're the top junior athlete in New South Wales in 2015. You go to your minor and I think you win 10 gold medals as as a junior and that was unprecedented, 10 gold and one bronze. So you've created history there. Then you win a medal for Australia at the FINA World Junior Championships in Dubai. (laughs) Uh, I mean... So you could have gone down several paths and I'd just like to talk about still water swimming at the moment. Is that something that you've definitely put on hold or is that something you could still do in the future?
1: (laughs) It's a funny question. Um, I get asked it quite a bit and look, I still have to swim in the pool every single day. So it's definitely not out of the question. It's not something that I've just completely put to bed, but it would be so hard to go back to because I do love surf life saving so much and I have made a career out of surf life saving. So yeah, look, it's, I, last year actually watching the Olympics, I was so inspired by how the Australian swimming team went. I called my swim coach and I was like, do you think I could do it? Do you think I could come back? And And it just kind of got away from me because we we obviously have such a long season and so many things to look forward to. So, yeah, pool swimming, I have so many great memories and and have some incredible results that I can look back on. But I'm 26 now. I don't know if I'll be doing a Cody Simpson and and making a comeback.
0: (laughs) I'm assuming you'd swim in the four and 800. So that means you'd be be eyeballing Ariana (laughs) Titmuss and maybe Katie Ledecky. uh, I mean, yeah,
1: see, I've- that just is way too daunting, <laughs> just you saying that. So, yeah, I think that, that one will uh, have to give a miss by me.
0: <laughs> yeah, what were your thoughts about Tokyo? So, Ariana Tipness, but also Emma McKeon comes home with seven gold medals. I mean, what a phenomenal performance by our women. And then you've got Chikara Anthony in the Moguls in Beijing, just incredible performances. And a good friend of mine who's been on the Perfect 10 podcast. Nicola McDermott in the women's high jump who soared over two metres to win silver in Tokyo.
1: Oh, we just did so well in both the winter and the Summer Olympics. It was a very proud Aussie moment, I think, for for everyone and um, myself included. I was glued to the TV for two weeks during those Summer Olympics and not just because my partner was over there racing, Riley, but, um, yeah, the swimming was incredible, the athletics. I just love watching sports that I don't always get to watch all the time as well. So, yeah, they did incredibly well, so inspiring. That's why I, I got on the phone to my swim coach because I was, just so inspired by their efforts and the way they carried themselves uh, over there as well was just incredible.
0: What did your coach say and who is your coach?
1: (laughs) So I swim at uh, at Bond University in the surf squad so I called my surf squad coach and I said what do you think and his name is um, Kyle and he said look if you really want to give it a shot I'll absolutely back you and, and help you get there it's obviously going to be a tough feat but yeah, it didn't ever end up eventuating, but I'm not going to put it to bed just yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. Paris in a couple of years, uh, followed by yeah. Los Angeles. Hey, you mentioned. I'm going to a-
1: get back in the pool tomorrow if I'm thinking of Paris.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: You mentioned about Riley Fitzsimmons. So uh, he's a fantastic friend of ours, two-time Olympian now in Rio and also in Tokyo. How tough was that period? Because Riley was probably on track for gold and then came away with a top six result, which, you know, mere mortals like myself would love a top six in the Olympics. But for Riley, it was probably a disappointing moment. So how did the pair of you process that?
1: Yeah, look, it was a really tough time, just the whole uh, Tokyo trip in general. Uh, I had booked months in advance to go over and obviously be there and support and uh, couldn't go because of COVID. But I was just so happy that all the Australian athletes, Riley included, got the chance to go to the Olympics. They deserved it. They'd worked so hard to be on the team. So I was just so happy him that he was able to go and race and yeah he he was very disappointed I'm not going to lie but once the dust had settled obviously you you come back to why you do it and why you love the sport and uh, he wasn't bitter about it obviously being in the Olympics is just an incredible effort in itself so yeah, it was tough. I was actually in lockdown here, and he was pretty much in lockdown uh, after the Olympics himself. So, um, yeah, we we just made sure we we talked it through, and yeah, and just decided, yeah, well, what what are we going to do next, or what is he going to do next, and um, yeah, and went from there. So, it's a it's a massive team effort. Um, obviously, he does all the hard work and the racing and the training and things like that, but there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes as well. So, I think. Uh, the Australian public, yeah, does need to give our athletes um, more credit in that sense as well.
0: Yeah, he doesn't have to prove anything to us. Uh, You know, he's won a world ski title. He's won the Australian ski paddling title. Uh, He's run fourth in the Olympics, and I think the best is definitely yet to come. Hey, you guys... You look like a match made in heaven. In fact, you, <laughs> you you remind me of Grant Kenny and Lisa Curry back in the early 1980s. Uh, do you get invited to A-list events on the Gold Coast?
1: I wish we could say we do, but we really don't. Um, yeah, obviously kayaking is um, not a high profile sport and I wouldn't say surf lifesaving is either. But, I mean, look, we have so much fun with it. But, yeah, we we obviously train very hard and and race a lot. So we do have to have that time away from that as well. So once we come home from training and um, are together and we're cooking dinner and things like that, we make sure we leave training at training so it doesn't become too much of a burden on both of us. It's sometimes really hard when you – like breathe, sleep, sport. So we have to do that. You have to leave it, leave it sometimes at training and at racing and make sure you enjoy the little things as well. One of
0: the main listener questions is about your proudest moment. Now I've seen you quoted saying it's the triple crown where you win the Kulangatta gold, the Nutri-Grain series, and also the Australian Iron Woman title all in the one year. So is that the moment or... Is it the first Australian gold medal? And maybe that's the surf race when you're are you 16 years old when you claim that title?
1: Oh, gosh, it is so hard to choose a moment that is, I'm most proudest of. There's, there's almost too many to count and there's almost too many to even remember. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, obvi- I'm obviously very proud of that first open surf race that I did win, and it's now turned into five open surf race titles, which I could have never even dreamed of. Of happening, so I think that one's obviously definitely up there. Yeah, winning the triple crown was huge. I never, never thought that would happen. I I can't believe it did even happen. And then to last year win nine gold medals at the Australian Championships in in all the events that I competed in. So and then now to top it off again that this Aussie's going three in a row in the Iron Woman race and adding my fifth Open Swim title. So yeah, look, there's too many to count and I do really try and cherish them and and make sure I do remember them because it doesn't happen every day and you, you don't get to be an athlete for too long. So it is pretty special when it does happen and I, um, yeah, definitely cherish them.
0: Yeah, these last two years, they're mind blowing, particularly when you win nine gold medals on the Sunshine Coast and then do what you've done this year. And I thought, I wonder if Georgia Miller could do an Ash party and just step away <laughs> at the absolute top of her game. But I dare say you've got about another decade left in you. Uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, look, uh, all credit to Ash Barty um, for having done that. That's an incredible decision that she made. And I love that she just did it for herself. It would have obviously been a very tough decision, but I think when you know, you know, and at the moment That's not what I know. So I will definitely be keeping racing. I mean, I am really enjoying the sleep-ins at the moment. So that's sort of tempting in a way. But, um, yeah, look, I will still be competing next year and, and hopefully a few more years to come.
0: Yeah, we mentioned Carla Gilbert right at the start of this interview. And I know you've said previously that you've got vivid memories of watching I am woman racing on tv who are some of those athletes that inspired you
1: yeah look i'm really lucky to have so many great role models within within surf life saving but i think the one that sticks out to me the clearest she's a northern beaches girl she's now my coach it's the amazing naomi flood just the way she raced and trained was just incredible and i did get to witness it i was lucky enough to even be in some teams with her once i was a bit older Yeah, and just the way now she carries herself and she's able to coach a whole group of girls and we all have different personalities and different strengths and weaknesses. So she does such a great job at that as well. So uh, very lucky to have her in my corner and have been able to grow up idolizing her.
0: Yeah, a very good friend of mine, Gary Mensforth, was the manager of the Australian Surf Life Saving Team and he said Naomi Flood is without doubt the greatest leader that he's seen come through that surf team.
1: Absolutely. She's an incredible leader. It was always very daunting when I was in teams with her because I just wanted to make her proud and, and get the job done because she um, she does her job so well and she's such a great motivator as well. Uh, she puts us through absolute hell at training, but then we are able to enjoy the rewards come race time. So, yeah, massive credit to her to doing what she's doing. I'm very lucky. I actually get to go to her wedding this weekend, so it'll be great to see her tie the knot to her soon to be husband, and she she juggles it all. She's got she's got a one year old as well, so she deals with a lot, and she uh, takes it all in her stride.
0: Yeah, beautiful. I think I noticed that you're uh, an ambassador for Ella Bache. Is that still current?
1: It is, yeah. I am still an ambassador for El It's something that I use every single day, the El zinc, zinc um, and the sunscreen. It's so, so important. Obviously, living in Australia, the, the sun is so harsh and I'm out in the water for hours a day so yeah it is something um, I'm very proud to be a part of and, and it is something that I genuinely use every single day so it works perfectly.
0: I did notice that you're the face of the Bold Women campaign that they launched and I wanted to ask you about that because for me I feel like in the last 12 months there's been some incredible young women and this has got nothing to do with sport I think Grace Tame is one of them Brittany Higgins is another but you look across every aspect of life in Australia, and there's women that are just smashing it how do you feel and who are some of the women away from surf lifesaving that inspire you
1: look there is so many women away from surf life-saving obviously other sports women within Australia but there's other women that are doing incredible things outside of outside of sports so look I'm very proud to be a woman in Australia we have so many great opportunities here it's very I'm very lucky to be even involved in a sport that has equal opportunities we get equal prize money we do the same distance the same everything is the men so very proud to be in Australia woman. It's obviously been a tough journey to get here, but I hope I can leave Surf Life Saving in a better place than it was when I started um, and just continue to get better and better. So it's hard to even put names on it. You you obviously mentioned a few there, but yeah, it's just, it's incredible what we're, what women in Australia are doing.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong. And uh, in terms of the sporting landscape, we just saw the NRLW Grand Final and the Sydney Roosters won that against St. George Illawarra and the legendary Brisbane team were beaten in that competition. So, and the AFLW Grand Final was held last weekend as well. You mentioned netball. The Swifts reigning champions, so under Bryony Akel, Just so many great women's sport to watch. The women's surfing, which is on at Bells Beach at the moment.
1: Yeah, at the moment. So, yeah, there's obviously so much to watch and I'm so happy that the Australian women are just getting so much more airtime as well and so much, like, more access to things. So, yeah, no, it is great to be a part of, hopefully, Surf Life savings on people's list to watch as well.
0: You've done some endurance races and that leads me to a question about how good women are. In endurance or long-distance events, so I think it was Marinda Carfrey who, in the Hawaiian Ironman, she had the fastest marathon split of any runner in the field on that final marathon leg in Hawaii, and. I guess it shows that over a long distance, women are so formidable. What are your thoughts after winning the Kulangata goal?
1: Yeah, look, I think it's um, women in endurance athletes get better as they get older as well. So I'm hoping that's the case for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, I think we can keep up with the men. No dramas. It, it is obviously very tough. But I would say if you raced half of the girls from the Ironwoman field against the men, we'd go pretty well. So Uh, I'm very proud to be a part of that group we're also very close and very supportive of each other so I think that really helps as well and yeah look the long distance things are are not typically my forte I grew up doing 50 and 100 meter freestyle events not four-and-a-half-hour marathon events. So something that I've really had to adapt to and I've actually really learned to love. So hopefully I can continue doing that across my career.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of questions that have come in from the listeners about your mindset and what drives and motivates you. So after such huge success on the Sunshine Coast and also this year at North Kira, how do you recalibrate or reset and go again?
1: Yeah, look, uh, the off season for me is a massive reset. Uh, I take the rest I need. I don't come back into things too quickly. Um, it's not just a physical reset; it's that mental reset. You do need that time away from everything, from training, from the people you train with. Although I do love them, you do need a bit of space <laughs> from them every now and then. Yeah, you just—I just need that time away. So, the off season for me, I do write down a lot of goals that I want to achieve for next season but I also go back over the the previous season and and figure out what I did really well and what I did not so well which I really feel like helps for that coming season you've got to be your harshest critic on yourself I believe and I'll definitely be doing that over the next couple of weeks to to um, figure out what I want to do next
0: A lot of people talk about surf life saving about the camaraderie and the friendships you make who's your best friend in the sport
1: oh it's so hard to name one um top three I'm very lucky Top three. Oh, look, so I can't go past my my amazing friend, Harriet Brown, who is just incredible, especially after what she's come back from. Um, she's come back from some crazy injuries and then to win the New Iron Woman Series this year. Very lucky to have her as a training partner and best friend. Look, there's all the girls that have been doing all of – I don't want to name a single one, um, <laughs> but, yeah, they're, they're all incredible. I'm very lucky to have some great friends within the sport. Yeah. And I think what's also great about Surf Life is that I have so many friends from interstate as well as well as overseas so yeah very lucky.
0: Yeah I promise I'm not trying to throw you under the bus. (laughs) Uh, you, You probably get asked this all the time but who's been your toughest rival?
1: Oh, it's hard. It sort of changes a lot. Um, obviously, Lana Rogers is an incredible athlete. We actually grew up racing. We're in the same age group at Nippers, um, and then we've come through the ranks sort of together. So, And we've had some incredible battles over the, over the past couple of years. So I think Lana's definitely up there. Also, racing against my best friend, Harriet, which is just crazy that you have to do that. We race against each other, but every day we train together. So it's just a very weird concept sometimes. And, yeah, look, every girl you step on the line against is is a rival at the end of the day and then um, come after racing, you're back to being friends. So it is a a very strange sport, but I love it.
0: Who's maybe not a champion but the most naturally gifted surf athlete you've seen?
1: Look, I would say um, she is a champion, but Hannah Scully is just – incredible the way she just goes about things. She's very relaxed and can miss sessions here and there, but turn up to race day, she just has this passion within her and this drive. And I actually hate racing again. So she's just that good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I really love coaching myself. Like in my business, I coach people on their public speaking and communication skills. And I'd like to ask about who the most influential coach has been for you, but also who's the coach from a young age that truly believed in your ability
1: look there's so many to name i've had some incredible coaches i still do have incredible coaches in naomi flood but i think trent herring from manly i was i moved to manly surf club when i was 16 years old i was at Freshwater, and then i needed some more coaching and things like that and he was the man to do it so i moved there and he said to me when we first met up he said Georgie, you have to give yourself about three years because I'd never been on a ski before and I wanted to be in the Nutri-Gain series and I wanted to do all these grand things. But he said, Georgie, you need to give yourself three years and if you stick with me, we'll get there. So he really believed in me and I still see him on the beach at every carnival, which is which is awesome. And he's still so supportive of me and my dreams. So uh, he he's definitely been one that's been in my corner the whole way through.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And as a young man, he actually won the Australia. Australian junior ski titles so I think it might have been under 14 level he might be the same age as me so 50 <laughs> 53 this year are you off to the world life-saving titles is that going ahead later in the year in Italy
1: I hope I am. Uh, The team actually hasn't been picked yet. So I am gunning for a spot in the Australian World Championship team. Uh, I tell you, Uh, it it
0: would be a travesty of justice, or (laughs) there'd need to be some kind of inquisition. There'd need to be an investigation, (laughs) Jeff Toovey style, if you're not selected.
1: Yeah, look, I really hope I am selected. It's obviously very tough. There's only six male, six female athletes selected across the whole of Surf Life Saving. So it is very hard to to get a spot on the team. But, uh, yeah, if I do get selected, we'll be heading to the World Championships over in Italy in uh, late September. So it's always really fun and um, been lucky enough to be in a few teams now. So, yeah, fingers crossed we can bring back the title. That's
0: actually a listener question from a good friend of ours, Gary Mansforth. How does it feel (laughs) representing Australia, pulling on the green and gold?
1: I love representing Australia. It's one of my um, proudest moments is wearing the green and gold and been lucky enough to wear it with Gary. He was um, a team manager within um, our Australian team. So, yeah, look, it's it's one of those pinch yourself sort of moments when you do put on the green and gold for the first time and, and even now when I do put it on after being in a few teams. So, yeah, I absolutely love it. I really hope I get the opportunity to do it again. And it, it um, just brings this new drive within you to do well when you do, when you are wearing the, the, um, the country's colors.
0: Yeah. We spoke about swimming at the Olympic games. What about kayaking? Is there a possibility that, you, you know, I'm trying to get you on the Olympic team.
1: <laughs> I know you're trying to get me there and you're trying to pull me away from surf life saving. <laughs> um, look, I've never actually done any sort of kayaking. I I remember once I paddled Floody's kayak at training once, just for fun to see how I'd go, and I fell off straight away. So, <laughs> it's definitely a lot harder than it looks. They make it look so easy. So yeah, I don't think kayaking is uh, in the books for me, but. You never know, I will never say never to anything, so never know Mike Riley might take me along to a session and um, teach me a few things. Yeah,
0: yeah. no, I'm not trying to drag you away from the sport where you're an absolute <laughs> superstar. My son is my son Corey is studying sports psychology. Do you guys work closely with any kind of psychologist before you do big races?
1: I personally don't, but I know a lot of people that do. Uh, I know Ali Day, the great man, uh, he actually has a sports psychologist that he finds really helps him. Um, Yeah, it just depends on what you need and if you do need to chat about it. I'm pretty chatty, so I tend to just open my mouth and, and talk about things that if they're on my mind so yeah poor Riley has to deal with me um, being nervous and things like that but very lucky to have my parents also around that just know if I look nervous they'll obviously ask me how I'm going and things like that so it is um, a great tool if you need it I personally don't use it but yeah it's definitely within sport a, a great asset
0: yeah. A couple of quick final questions. Who has more followers, yourself or Norman? And, and what's his tag?
1: <sighs> I wish Norman had more followers. He's so cute. He deserves it. But unfortunately, I've got more followers. But you can see him all over my Instagram. And he has his own Instagram. It's Miami underscore Oasis, which is our Riley and I's uh, puppy and house renovation Instagram. So Yeah, look, he's such a good dog. He's asleep at my feet right now. Uh, We're having a lot of fun uh, with him.
0: Yeah. Uh, Apart from Surf Life Saving, what else is on Georgia Miller's bucket list?
1: Oh, there's so many things. Um, I I, I do want to reconnect with a lot of my friends back at home. It's obviously been tough. yeah, obviously, being up in Queensland, I've made incredible friends up here, but I do want to head home at some stage and reconnect with my friends. That's obviously not a bucket list thing, but it's something that's definitely on my list. I do want to travel a lot more too. I think with uh, with sport, you do a, you do, do a lot of traveling, but it's not usually a holiday. It's more of get in, get your business done, and, and then you're usually on the flight home. So, traveling is a big one for me. I also want to run a marathon. I have never run over 20 kilometers. So that's a big thing for me is I want to, I want to do the Gold Coast Marathon sometime soon.
0: So if you do the marathon, are you aiming for a specific time or you just want to finish?
1: No, I just want to finish. I want to go in, in events and, and not have that expectation to do well or, or anything like that. I think that's um, a different mindset of, of sport as well as just that participation side that I want to enjoy down the track.
0: When people say the word surf life saving, what does it mean to you?
1: Oh, so many things. It means volunteering your time. It means saving lives. It means obviously competition to me, um, friendship and, and keeping people safe. It's such an incredible movement that I'm so lucky to be a part of.
0: Yeah. And finally, in a sport where you probably don't receive the financial rewards that you richly deserve, who would you like to credit that's kind of backed you all the way?
1: Yeah, look, I have some incredible sponsors on my side, which makes my life a whole lot easier. Obviously, BMD Northcliffe, the club I race for, um, and very lucky to be associated with Shore and Partners Financial Services, Kellogg's Nutrigrain, who just got a box delivered of of their cereal, so very <laughs> thankful to them. As we were speaking, I got that delivery. Um, and yes, yeah, so many other sponsors that have helped me get this far in my career that I can't thank enough.
0: Georgia Miller, such a pleasure to catch up again. Happy Easter and congratulations on everything you've achieved, not just this season, but right through your career. Like I said, you're a real hero to so many people and uh, super proud of everything you've done. Thanks for being a guest on The Perfect Ten.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to catch up again and hopefully I'll have some more stories for you.
0: Georgia Miller, Iron Woman's superstar on The Perfect Ten. And in terms of fitness levels, there's no doubt our Iron Women and Iron Men are among the world's best athletes. And I couldn't have hoped for a better guest to kickstart the 2022 campaign for The Perfect Ten. Thanks also to Riley Fitzsimmons, two-time Olympian and a great mate of mine for lining up Georgia Miller for an exclusive chat this afternoon. The podcast brought to you by Robson Civil Projects and recently I caught up with some of their team including site manager Tim Hickson. The word around the subdivision is Tim is one of the world's best in his chosen field and that's where we kicked off the conversation.
2: Yeah so I spent probably seven, eight years on an excavator um, and then I went on to a grader and then in the meantime I sort of jumped on a dozer here and there. And What makes the best excavator driver in the business? Tell us more. You've got to have a good imagination. If you don't have an imagination, you'll never be a good operator. So if you can't picture what you're building, you won't be any good at it.
0: Hey, uh, Timmy, you know I love sport. So yes. my question is, is there a world's best excavator driver? Is there an excavating world
2: championships? I actually think there is, mate. When I was right into it, I, I actually think there is a plant-operated championship. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there is, actually. Yeah. Obviously, I'd win it, but yeah. <laughs>
0: Apart from just working for them, do you feel like there's a real kind of family aspect?
2: Uh, yeah, I do. So I've, I've been here a long time and uh, they've gone out of their way for me on multiple occasions. I know when the bushfires just recently at my house, uh, Grant rang me up, offered me a water cart and whatever I needed. Um, I don't think anyone in that, in that position, like, I don't know... In, other companies would would probably even know who a person is because you know they're reasonably large, so they definitely um, you know I think they look after their employees and and they know who every single person is, which yeah I I, I think that's pretty good considering the size of the company yeah.
0: Tim Hickson, site manager with Robson Civil Projects and so highly respected by everyone in the business and regarded as one of the world's best. Hope you've enjoyed this edition, the first of 2022 of The Perfect Ten. Thank you again to Georgia Miller, three-time Ironwoman champion, and we'll catch you soon on The Perfect Ten.
1: The perfect 10.